Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. This was a crazy Sunday. We didn't even know who was going to happen at first with all these positive tests for the coronavirus. Our own president even tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, what a crazy Sunday. We're going to have some new segments on the show, Sunday School, and we'll get into that in a bit. But we have some news on the docket. Nick Chubb in the first or second quarter uh, got hurt. And he has a minor MCL sprain and will be on the IR. Um, So he'll miss the next three weeks at least. This was a Browns team that ran for 307 yards against the Cowboys. Yeah. And Nick Chubb would have had a day if he hadn't gotten hurt that early in the game. So that was just devastating to see. I had Nick Chubb on a bunch of DraftKings teams because I knew how lethal this uh, running attack would be against this Cowboys defense. And it would have come to fruition if he hadn't got hurt. So what is the implications of this backfield going forward, Will? Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt is an RB1 until Chubb comes back, like, straight up. Like, he's just, he's so involved. I get that, like, Dontrell Hilliard and the other random backup got some playing time, but Kareem Hunt is the guy. He is, like, we know the talent. Like, if Chubb is not there, he is, like, arguably a top 10 back in the league in terms of talent. And the opportunity is there. This is a run-heavy offense. Um, they don't want Baker throwing the ball 40 times a game. So considering that he's involved in the passing game, he's now the workhorse back. Like, you have to play him with confidence every single week. Yeah. Um, next piece of news, O.J. Howard, torn Achilles. He's out for the season. This was a decent game from Howard, 3 for 50 and a touchdown when they had some pieces out. Just devastating to see for Howard, who looked like he was a promising young young player. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Austin Eckler, Chargers running back, to miss multiple weeks with a serious hamstring injury and a hyperextended knee. He's headed to the IR. Let's talk about the implications for the rest of this backfield. Josh Kelly came in, took the starting job, but he was awful. Nine carries for seven yards. Um, this Buccaneers run defense is legit, yeah. so maybe it's not all Kelly's fault. But is this going to be a committee with Jackson and Kelly moving forward, or can you trust one of these guys? Like, is Kelly a must-start now? I think Kelly is a must-start. I mean, in in the modern NFL, you don't even want players to get all the carries because it means they're probably going to get hurt. Um, Justin Jackson is going to spell Josh Kelly. He's going to get carries. He's not going to get enough to like, be viable. But I don't think he'll get enough to where Kelly's not going to be viable. And... As much as like as good as Herbert has looked, this team wants to run the ball, and even if Kelly's not efficient or as efficient as we want him to be, he's getting like eighteen to twenty five carries a game, and that's enough to be a low end RB two, high end flex. Yeah. All right. Well, Sony Michelle out tonight. We're not going to be putting this out. We're going to be putting this out Tuesday. So, it. Sorry if you're going to play Sony Michelle. It's your fault already. <laughs> but um, this means that Damian Harris will be activated. Does Damian Harris, Harris have a role this week with Sony Michelle out, and he might be the best on the ground running back for this team right now? I honestly have no idea. Um, I'm not. I would never play him this week just because it looks like because Cam Newton's gonna be missing the game due to his COVID, and I think it's gonna be Stidham starting. So Brian Hoyer is starting. Hoyer starting. Either way, um, we like this backfield not because of the talent, but because of. The fact that Cam Newton brings so much added dimension to this running game. With him out, I don't want to play any of these backs. Maybe you play James White if he's playing. I, I just haven't checked the Patriots running back status report because I don't own any of them. But 
keep an eye on Damian Harris. Maybe pick him up if he's like on waiver, like on, be like available in your league. But I'm not like, I don't have any expectations for this game. Yeah, and this was also very recent news. Devontae Adams is out tonight with his hamstring injury. A quote is the Devontae Adams felt ready to go and the Packers held him out. I think that it's smart for long term. He'll be ready to go next week, week five. But Adams is out. Marquez Valdez Scantling is the only active receiver for the Packers. Oh my God. So look for him and Robert Tanyan to have a day. And Aaron um, Jones, too. Aaron Jones, obviously, yes. Aaron Jones will probably have at least 10 targets in this game. Yeah. But. This could be a sneaky, closer game with all these options missing for the Packers. Um, maybe bet on Atlanta to cover. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. This is called Tilt-tastic. We did this like week one, but I want to bring it back. I had fun. We talked about our own fantasy teams. Um, my matchups this week started off really hot. I was playing a really good team with Kamara and Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. But I started off with a Kenny Galladay touchdown. Uh, I was feeling good, projected to win at one point. And then there was this, like, about 30-second span where Tom Brady threw a touchdown to Mike Evans, and he has Tom Brady as his quarterback. And Mark, Mark Andrews and Will Fuller, Will Fuller also scored. So I went from being up 30 to, like, down 20 in a matter of 30 seconds. And it was just a tilting moment for me. Um, Terry McLaurin looked great for my team. Yeah. It, it just We'll get to him later for sure. But the one thing I want to touch on that's making me tilt for this whole year is my cursed tight end spot. And I swear to God, it is cursed. I started the year with Blake Jarwin, tore his ACL. I put Dallas Goddard in there. After two weeks of being in my tight end spot, he's out for a long time. And then this week I picked up OJ Howard and I was going to play him. But then I dropped him for Jordan Akins. Well, OJ Howard touched my tight end spot and then he's out for the year. You just have to touch it. You don't even have to start. Jordan Akins also left the game with a concussion. He's going to miss a few weeks. So my tight end spot is cursed. I'm sorry, Johnny Smith. You're going to be in there next week. <laughs> Hopefully he, you don't he, get COVID. He is sweating. He is sweating, yes. <laughs> how, is your, how did your week go, Will? Overall, it was a pretty good week. Um, luckily, in one of my leagues, my main league, I was not playing against the, most, the best team in the league. Although he had Allen Robinson had a good week. He had some good players. For garbage sure. time. Garbage time yeah, for, for real. Robinson. But to be fair, I had Jarek McKinnon who had a garbage time touchdown as well. Thanks to... I think it was Kendrick Bourne being called short at the goal line. So I'll take what I can get. Miles Sanders was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, I had Antonio Gibson on my bench, but there was no way I was going to play Gibson over Miles Sanders. Um, and then, yeah, like, I played Michael Gallup. <laughs> and that didn't work out very well because despite the fact that Dak Prescott threw for 502 yards, Michael Gallup got 29 of them. And that's just, yeah. it's just really tilting. Because I keep believing the talent he had last week, I think 169 yards. I was super excited about him. And then this happened. So I don't know what to do. So really just unfortunate with Michael Gallup. I'm losing confidence more and more every week. He was just one of my favorite players coming into the season. I love the talent. But with all these mouths to feed, the inconsistency, I just, I'm never going to feel good playing him. You know what I mean? I yeah. Know. I think you have to bench him until you see it, Yeah. for sure. Um, let's move on to Sunday School. So this is our new segment. We have Sunday School. What did we learn from past Sunday, from the last Sunday? Um, I'm going to have two takeaways. Will's going to have two takeaways. My first takeaway, play your running backs against the Texans. I know it was Dalvin Cook, but the Texans are the worst defense against the run this season. Um, James Conner had a great game against them, too. 
The Texans play. Let me see who they play next week. If unless you have it up, um, Texans play Jacksonville. James Robinson's gonna have a great week next week. Yeah. But yeah, you just gotta play your guys against the Texans and the wide receivers too. So um, that team just looks like they're headed for a four and twelve season after their quote unquote a win now team. Yeah. Um, what is your first takeaway, Will? Yeah, kind of a similar mo. Like, play everyone against the Cowboys. This Cowboys defense looks like just absolute trash. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't cover anything over the middle of the field. They can't cover the edges. Like, Baker Mayfield has been like a conservative quarterback, and he was just letting it fly against the Cowboys. Uh, Baker Mayfield before. We touched on that. Baker Mayfield was 19 for 31 with 165 yards. And the Browns put up 49 points on the Cowboys. It's like, <laughs> it's not even like a real threat in the passing game. Like, you don't really expect Baker to like burn you over the top. And he didn't really burn over the top that much in this game. Jarvis but, Landry did. Yes. <laughs> with that one throw. But like, this like this defense is just so incredibly bad. Um, I, I think they play the Giants next week. As much as I hate playing Giants players against the Cowboys, why not? Because yeah. the defense is just so bad. Yeah. Um, my second takeaway, this Indianapolis Colts defense is real. They uh, held the Bears to three points until garbage time, and this was a Bears team. Nick Foles is a good player at home. We've seen that in the past. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get anything going. David Montgomery, 10 for 27 on the ground. This Colts defense is really good. Their linebacking core might be the best in the league. Um, you just have, like, they don't have a lockdown corner, per se, but you just have to temper your expe- expectations. The upside is capped against this Colts defense. This game, Colts Bears, put me to sleep on my carpet. There was a tweet that I saw from um, Jake Seeley. It said, hashtag establish the bums. The Colts ran... Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines, 18 times for a combined 39 yards. I don't know why you keep running these guys. I had Jonathan Taylor back to tilt-tastic. I have Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team and just watching Jordan Wilkins touch the ball. It just it just angers me. Yeah. I mean, like, the reason we love Jonathan Taylor is we see this offensive line, and it's amazing. We see this defense, and it's pretty amazing. So, like, that just spells, like, a ton of high-value rushing touches for the running back but it's not going to the right guy and that's just really frustrating yeah all right your second takeaway will yeah so this was a really tough matchup for washington against baltimore this week and they put up 17 points haskins his stats didn't really like he had like 32 for like 45 312 yards no touchdowns no picks but he didn't play that well but we know where the offense is coming from. It's McLaurin and it's Gibson, and that's pretty much it. But those guys, despite that, like how bad this team is, are weekly like pretty high-end options. McLaurin had 10 catches for like 118. Uh, Gibson had that 75-yard catch, I believe, that kind of made his day pretty great. He scored a touchdown as well. Like These guys, the volume is so great. Their touches are high value. And they're such a big part that they're almost matchup proof, despite the fact that their team is so bad. So, yeah. um, my biggest concern going into the year was like they're gonna have these like a lot of like bum games where Haskins just really struggled. But it doesn't really matter. They're just so involved that they're kind of matchup proof. 
Yeah, McLaurin had had eight targets in every game going up to this week, and then had twelve in this game. So yeah, yeah he's just he's just a must start because of that target share. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the bops. Dak Prescott, five hundred two yards and four touchdowns. Probably ninety percent of this came in the fourth quarter. Um, Dak Prescott has been a comeback quarterback these past two weeks. Um, Mostly to CeeDee Lamb and Mari Cooper, and we'll get to that later. But Prescott's been great for your fantasy team. Um, Brady, three hundred sixty-nine to five. This also mostly came in the second, uh, in the second half. He threw a pick six in the first half, wasn't looking pretty, and then he connected with he connected with five different receivers yeah. for five touchdowns. And this was when you finally were happy with Tom Brady. And what do you think? Can you expect this going forward with Brady? I think it's always going to depend on the matchups. Um... This team likes to play kind of a, a more grinded out game because their defense is really good. Their defense really struggled today against Herbert, and it kind of forced Brady to have this kind of game. He's capable of it. I wouldn't bet on it usually. Um, they're getting more and more banged up. Godwin's been missing games. O.J. Howard's out for a while now. Evans is kind of banged up too. So probably not, but this is a good Chargers defense, and it's definitely a promising for Brady owners and Buccaneers fans that he had this kind of success against this kind of defense. Yeah. Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater. My guy. 276 (laughs) yards and two touchdowns, 32 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. We kind of bought into this Arizona defense and might have been a little too early. I don't know how I feel about them after this week. Um, Surrendered 31 points to the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey and... I think, and I like I alluded to Robbie Anderson last week. You kind of just have to stay in the flames with him. Had another good week this week. He wasn't on the bop section, but he was like 8 for 99, which is not bad at all on PPR. That's exactly what you're looking for. So I think you just got to stay in the flames with Teddy Bridgewater and his number one target, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, here's what I'll say about the Cardinals. And I know people are going to be all over them. People are going to start everyone against them. But they were kind of banged up in this week. Uh, their star defensive player, Buda Baker, did not play, which was a big deal because he, he kind of orchestrates that entire defense. He's a great run stopper. He forces turnovers. He's kind of like just the, the X factor. So not having him definitely hurt their defense. Um, but even still, definitely a, not an inspiring performance. But we know this Panthers offense, is they're not a bunch of scrubs. Like They got talent. Bridgewater's good. DJ Moore's good. Robbie Anderson's good. Curtis Samuel's good. Um, Mike Davis played well again. So... It's not like a death sentence to not have a good defensive game against this Panthers offense. Uh, they're well coached. So I'm still all in on the Cardinals. I like their defense. I still like Kyler Murray. He had this, the whole team had a bad game, but I, I'm i still on board. The other thing that we might, we might need to touch on with the Panthers is their defense isn't as bad as we thought. They're playing well, for sure. They kind of stifled Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray only threw for 133 yards. That was kind of like Cliff Kingsbury's play calling. He didn't want to throw the ball downfield at all, which yeah. is kind of weird. And Kenyon Drake couldn't get it started on the running game. My bad on that start of the week call. I would like to apologize for that. I mean, when you're playing the Carolina Panthers and you're a first-round pick in fantasy, it seems like the process is there. Yeah. Um, another guy who turned it around, though, Joe Mixon, 25 for five, 151 yards and two touchdowns, six for 30 in the air and one touchdown on your bench, but at least you have the confidence to start him now, right? Yeah. Um, like, 
I know we were excited. I think Joe Burrow was your start of the week because of this matchup. But, yeah. And he had, he had a good game for sure. He was like 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns and a pick, I think. He was, he was solid. But Mixon was the real the real X factor in this game. He just was heavily targeted, got a lot of run, a lot of rushes, a lot of receptions involved in the red zone. Like this is what we wanted to see all year from Joe Mixon. So uh, I get it's against the Jaguars, but he seems to finally be a, a focal point of his offense, which is really good to see going forward. The other thing that's crazy is Joe Mixon is 0 for 10 on five zone carries getting into the end zone. Right. He said, and that's tennis a lot through four weeks of five zone carries. Yeah. Joe Mixon was stuffed again this week. And that usually regresses to the mean for a talented player like Joe Mixon. Their offensive line is awful. So maybe they're not winning the battle in the trenches when it gets that deep in the red zone. But Joe Mixon should be able to score some of those five zone touchdowns soon. And he could have had a four touchdown game if, that, if he doesn't get stuffed. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook against the Texans defense that we talked about earlier, 27 for 130 and two. He has 311 yards on the ground over the last two games. He's a, a monster. Might be the number one player in fantasy right now behind Alvin Kamara. Or I guess he's number two behind Alvin Kamara, yeah. But you got what you wanted from your first-round pick in Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Um, and I thought this might have been like a game where the Minnesota Vikings would have to throw the ball but they were able to rely on Dalvin Cook, 27 touches, 27 carries. It's just really good to see. Melvin Gordon on Thursday night, 23 for 107 and two, added that um, garbage time touchdown. Will was texting me in the middle of the game, his Jets tilting fan, uh, this Jets run defense is for real. And I guess not. No, no. I'm going to defend my Jets here. I'm going to defend my take. So here's what I'll say. Before that touchdown, Melvin Gordon was like 22 for 64 and a touchdown <laughs> and they were playing really well and I don't think that that last touchdown was like just some bad run defense it was kind of a fluky play where like he got stuck behind the line and was able to like bounce it out Brett Ripien with that leading block right but like they, they had to just sell out for the run and like sell out for the inside run it wasn't a typical run defense play um those kinds of touchdowns happen it's usually not an indicator of bad run defense. It's just it's just desperation. Um, he was stifled. This Broncos offensive line is absolute trash. And even in a supposedly good matchup against the Jets, until that last play, he was bad. And as they continue to play good teams going forward, I think he's going to continue to struggle, especially in the running game. I know he's involved in the passing game, but if, if one of your owners looks at the Melvin Gordon stat line and tries to trade for him and you have him, He's someone I would definitely love to trade away at this point. Yeah, you have a point for sure. Chris Carson, 16 for 80 and 2. He finally got in on the ground after having three touchdown catches through the three previous weeks. He's been amazing for your fantasy team. He's been a running back one every single week, basically. And this was, we saw the Seahawks revert to their ground and pound, and their passing game kind of went out the door. It was really weird because we thought this would be just another heavy passing attack, but they went up early and they kind of tried to hold that uh, that lead with the with the running game. Um, what do we think is the future for the Seahawks team fantasy-wise? We know they're a good team in real life, but is it going to be more ground and pound, or are they going to keep in the flames with Russ? It's always just going to depend on how that defense is playing. The better the defense plays, the more they run. Um, I, I like their defense. I like some of their talent with like Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner still, but they're overall not a great defense. Uh 
in most matchups this year, I think it's going to be a pretty pass-heavy attack more than in previous years. But Carson's involved in the passing game. They love him in the red zone, five zone. So no matter how much they pass, Carson's still an amazing fantasy option every single week. Yeah. Antonio Gibson, we alluded to it earlier when we were talking about Washington's, um, like where all the consolidated touches go. Antonio Gibson, 13 for 46 and one, not even a lot of carries. He's he's had 13 carries in three of their four games. And like, that's the most amount of carries he's had on the year. And he's, he's going to, that should start ramping up. Like they gave this one carry to Peyton Barber on the one yard line, (laughs) got stopped. They were like, let's bring in Antonio Gibson in. He got in. So like, I think Ron Rivera is the type of guy who's like, this guy's just more talented and we're just going to give him the ball. So I think if you're an Antonio Gibson owner, we were ta- I mean, I was high on him really early. Yeah. So if you listened, you're, it's paying off right now. Four for 82 through the air. We talked about that really long catch. Even though that really helped his stat line out, the talent is there. And they're going to be right. in these game scripts where they have to throw the ball. And Dwayne Haskins is going to trust Antonio Gibson. Well, that's the thing about a guy like Antonio Gibson is like, Usually when you have a running back on a team that's going to be trailing a lot, like this Washington team, Washington team likely is, that's a red flag. But he's still involved. It's like no matter what the game script is, whether they're up by 15, 20, whether they're down by 15, That will never happen, the first part. <laughs> Point is, no matter what the game script is, Gibson is going to be heavily involved and McLaurin's going to be heavily involved. So those two guys locked in. Yeah. OBJ, Will, your start of the week. Your start of the week, Will. Good job. Five for 81 and two. Two for 73 and one. And that one run that sealed the game, I thought he was going to lose 20 yards. Yeah. What an amazing play. What did you think about Odell? Yeah, I mean, it just just comes down to my philosophy of the Cowboys suck on defense. (laughs) And I was like, Odell, he's been struggling. I get it. And they're going to want to get him going. And what better time been a game against the Cowboys, to get Odell Beckham Jr. going prime time, not, not, not prime time in terms of the actual time, but prime time in terms of like where where it is, the stadium, the setting, and they got him going. Uh, caught that pass from Jarvis Landry, had the end around touchdown, just he looked great, he looked inspired. Um, I don't know what to expect from him going forward, but it just it seemed like a game where he was primed to have a breakout, and boy did he. He's definitely not matchup proof, but in the two games the Browns have had good matchups against secondaries with the Bengals and the Cowboys, he's yeah. been good in both go- both those games. Amari Cooper, twelve for one thirty four on the other side of this game and one touchdown. I mean, we talk about Amari Cooper. He's been very consistent, and he hadn't been like a bop at all. But it was kind of like a Robert Woods like season for Cooper, just being consistent yeah. every single week. And he added a touchdown last uh, yesterday. So you were very happy with Amari Cooper, and I think that he's just going to continue to do this going forward. The Cowboys are going to have to throw the ball. They oh, play well, yeah. New York next week, and it's going to be another good game for Amari Cooper. Um, Adam Thielen, 8 for 114 and 1. This is another guy who I think this is going to be the realistic feature for Adam Thielen. If you were able to trade for him low last week after a poor performance, I think you're very happy. He The, the Vikings are going to have to throw the ball. I, there was so much um, production from all over the field. Dalvin Cook, 27 carries. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both had had a lot of targets, and Jefferson also added like five catches. We're going to talk about him later. But, um, yeah, I think this is the reality with Adam Thielen going forward. He's the guy who's in the slot who's not going to get the best corner unless it's a shadow corner. So I think you're pretty happy with the way Adam Thielen's going to be the rest of this year. Yeah. 
DJ Chark, 8 for 95 and 2 on my bench because I was nervous with the chest injury. I think William Jackson's not a bad corner. And DJ Chark just showed that this is the only receiver. This is really the only receiver that Gardner Minshew trusts. Uh, That may not be completely true, but when he's in there, the offense is just much better. When he wasn't in there last week, Chenault was struggling. Keelan Cole was struggling. The whole offense was struggling. When he's there, it's better for the whole team. So I think that DJ Chark is basically a must start going forward. He's he's so talented, and it was really it was really nice to see. And he gets Houston next week, so he's definitely going to be in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, Ceedee Lamb kind of taking our love away from Michael Gallup. Yeah. Five for seventy nine and two. He was wide open on that one play. Like Dak took two extra beats to find him, and he threw it a little bit behind him, and Gall- and Lamb was still able to haul it in and run into the end zone untouched. What do you like from, or what are you seeing from C.D. Lamb? He looks amazing. I mean, like, my thought process going into the year was, I love C.D. Lamb, but he's going to take a bit to get going. And Gallup is just, as of now, a better player. And right now, it's just not looking like that. It looks like Lamb is better. Dak likes passing to Lamb more than Gallup, it seems like right now. And, yeah, like, Lamb is the number two right now in Dallas. And it's, yeah. as much as I hate to say it, I'm I can't I can't play Gallup in lineups. And if you have Lamb, you kind of have to play him. He's oh just, yes, for sure. Like it doesn't even matter the matchup. Like he's just they're throwing the ball so much that uh, there are going to be weeks where Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup are all going to be viable. But in weeks where they're not, it, it looks like it's going to be Gallup that's usually the odd man out. Unfortunately. Yeah, George Kittle. Me, we talk. Like the thing is, we talked on the show on Thursday, and we were like kind of joking about how he's gonna have forty catches for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. But he did. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen catches for one eighty three and two on fifteen targets from Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. He, this Eagles defense is awful against tight ends. First of all, yeah. and when you put the second best tight end in the league up against the Eagles defense that is awful against tight ends, it, this is the result you're gonna get. And Kittle was amazing. He had 40 points in uh, full PPR. Um, there's not much to say. He called in every single one of his targets. And he's he's the entire offense. Um, the entire passing attack for San Francisco. Yeah, bonus third takeaway is start tight ends against the Eagles because Nathan Gary and the other scrubs they have at linebacker cannot cover anyone. Yeah. It's maybe worse than the Cardinals' defense was last year. It's bad. Definitely target those tight ends. And for my cursed tight end spot it might help me out um mark andrews three for 57 and two just another bullshit mark just trade him away please if you were gonna cash in on this game he's had three catches through the last three weeks in week two and three it didn't work out because he didn't score now two of those three catches go for touchdowns and you think that he's a top three tight end again it's just not realistic to to believe that if you can trade him for darren waller in a package deal i would do it right now darren waller had a way more consistent game that he will do every week. Nine for 88. He's not going to be in the bob section, but he's never going to bust. Yeah. Every time this happens, everyone hits me up like, Will, you're wrong about Mark Andrews. Look at him. He's so great. Blah, 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 blah. And then those last two weeks happen, crickets. Right? Yeah. Like, this is who he is. He's not a high-volume tight end. He needs touchdowns. And I guess he's on a good team, and he's going to get touchdowns. But... He's not really winning you weeks right now, and he's kind of losing you weeks at the same time. So, yeah, uh, not someone I like to trust, 
uh, yeah, just trade him away if you can. Dalton Schultz, my start of the week, four for seventy-two and one. Yeah. The, just Dak Prescott loves to target the tight end position. We've talked about this a lot. I think Dalton Schultz might be a must start going forward. Um, let's move on to the flops. Jared Goff was, yeah, but I think this Giants defense might not be as bad as we think. That was just like, a bizarre game. Or maybe the Rams offense is just not moving the ball. Like they just move it so slowly. They like to run the ball with their their um, ba dump running attack. Like. And it just kind of works. They get like four yard carries every game, every yeah. every time. But I'm just Jared Goff only got seventeen points. They scored seventeen yeah. points against the Giants. I just I can't believe that. Um, I I didn't know if the volume was gonna be there, but I was like, he'll get three touchdowns, right? Well, right. He did not. Kenyon Drake, my start of the week. Gotta apologize for that one. Thirteen for thirty five on the ground. That's it. He was awful, and he got hurt in like the third quarter too. So. Like, even if he's healthy, they might just make this a committee. Chase Edmond just looks like the better running back. Yeah. Every time he touches the ball, it's just something happens. Um, I don't know what to think with Kenyon Drake. It's kind of like where I was at with Joe Mixon last week. I didn't I didn't think I could trade for him because I didn't want to buy that low. It's just, if I were to trade for Kenyon Drake, he would go on my bench until he proves it to me. Yeah, it's, it's getting ugly. Miles Sanders, he was, he was not great. 13 for 46 on the ground. Didn't add a lot through the air. Um, I mean, this is just a really good Niners run defense, and I think you're gonna, you're not mad. I mean, this is just a poor performance for Sanders, but going forward, Sanders is gonna be in your lineup with the lack of um, available pieces for the Eagles and his target share and touch share. So right. just and we saw Wentz get touched on a read option. I think in most games when they get down towards the red zone. Uh, and inside the tent, it's going to be Sanders getting those touchdowns more often than Wentz is. So, I think if he gets a touchdown, he doesn't make this flop list. So, I'm I'm not too concerned. A little disappointing, especially because I had Gibson on my bench. But, I'm, I have no worries about him going forward. And if your owner, if Miles Sanders' owner in your league is panicking, maybe someone to trade for too. Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis Colts, establish the bums. Give him the ball. Give him the ball, bro. It's just so disappointing to see. It's the la- It's like, remember we talked. We 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 created a term for this, and this is now. I feel bad for the term that we created because Mike Davis is playing really well in Carolina now that he's a starter, but he's getting Mike Davis. When Mike Davis was in Chicago with David Montgomery, we knew who the more talented back was, and Mike Davis is getting the ball over David Montgomery. It's like there, there's like this veteran, like. I don't even know what to what to call it. It's like they just want to give the ball elsewhere. I, I just, what what would make you want to give the ball to Jonathan like to what's his name Jordan Wilkins? Sorry, yeah. um, I thought Frank Reich was a smart guy. Yeah, maybe it's a facial just clouding his vision. Oh, it could be. Those <laughs> things don't work. Prove me wrong. Like Tyler Lockett, what happened here? He didn't have a catch to the first half. This was more of a just a ground and pound game for the for the Seahawks, and it took Lockett out of it, kind of. Just yeah, really bizarre game, um, but the sample size tells us like this is an aberration. I'm not concerned about him going forward. Um, just definitely a, a fluky, weird game for him. T. Y. Hilton, I I'm off. I would I'm dropping T. Y. Hilton. I'm done. <laughs> I don't have him on any teams. He was. He was barely scratching the top 40 wide receivers in my rankings this year. And 
this is why. There's just no volume. They just, like this this defense is much better than I thought it would be. And I thought it was gonna be a good defense. You thought it would be a great defense. And when that happens, Rivers is throwing the ball like twenty times a game. There's just no volume for T. Y. Hilton. And half of those passes are going to the running backs. And so Mo Alley Cox too. Mo Alley Cox, yeah. But I'm done with Hilton. Um Michael Gallup <laughs> We're just both we're just both we're just both bamboozled by this. We don't know where to go. But yeah, you can't drop him right now, but just move on. Zach Ertz. Um I thought he was gonna have a great week because he's the only target in the world on the Eagles. But Travis Fulgham made a name for himself this yes. week. Um I mean, th- this is just you're gonna play Zach Ertz moving forward. This right. is it, it, was a, it was a tough match. Sucks to see. Um the the Niners have Frank or Fred Warner, who's one of the better cover linebackers in the NFL. Um, Chikwesky Tart also good cover safety too, so they they have good options to put on Earths. Just they they focused on him a lot. They forced Carson Wentz to be other options throughout the game, and in the end he did. But Earths is Earths, and you're playing going forward for sure. You're right. The last guy I want to talk about, Daryl Henderson Jr. We had high hopes for him coming into the week. The quote was, I think he's a starter from Sean McVay. <laughs> and I think Sean McVay thought wrong. He didn't know who the starter was on his team. Malcolm Brown got the bulk of the touches. Malcolm Brown didn't even have a great game. He was fine. He had like 11 points in the PPR. But it, it was really tough for Daryl Henderson, a guy who was started in a lot of formats. Um, where do you go forward with this Rams run, run attack? Because it's really good, but... Yeah. You don't know who to start. Well, I'm going to go back to a quote from Sean McVay where he said, we want to ride the hot hand. We want to be like the Niners were last year with Mostert, McKinnon, or Mostert, uh, Coleman, and Brita, where they ride the hot hand. They're going to ride the hot hand. Um, it was Henderson for a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden, Malcolm Brown. And unfortunately, we don't really get a notification every time McVay changes his mind. And usually he does it in the middle of games. So if you have Henderson and you're playing, you're playing him in lineups, you're gonna put him in. He's gonna have an awful game where he just gets phased out because they, because Malcolm Brown is the hot hand, and then you're gonna bench him, and then he's gonna become the hot hand again. So yeah, it's it's a really frustrating situation. Um, a lot of upside whenever you kind of guess right, but when you guess wrong, he can kind of lose you weeks. So maybe you you package him in a trade just. I, personally, I don't avoid the headache. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on to the cops. Uh, Jets fan, Darnold against Arizona. Can nope, you play him? On. Okay. Um, Justin Herberts has has been good through three weeks. He's the volume of throws is very high. I think it's kind of worse for him that Eckler's gone. He looked a little rattled when he didn't have his check down to go to. Um, but he has a, a decent matchup against New Orleans. If Marshawn Lattimore misses again, I'm fine playing Herbert in this game. Yeah, he's, he's a um, solid option. Yeah. He's thrown for over 300 yards in each of his first three games. Um, the volume's there. Uh, the offense kind of just goes through him, whether it's passing to running backs, passing to receivers. Yeah, like I don't know if I want to start him yet, but definitely pick him up because the upside is there. With bye weeks coming, he might be a good option for people who have Matthew Stafford or someone like that who might be going through a bye week. Aaron Rodgers has a bye week next week. Um, Ernest Johnson had 13 carries for 95 yards. 
if you are pressed for a running back, this guy's going to get touches. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like how Nick Chubb owners feel about Kareem Hunt. This guy's just going to annoy you <laughs> when, now that you have Kareem Hunt. So I don't know if you can start him. He's not really going to get any receiving game prowess or work, but he's definitely a guy to look at. Um, if you have Kareem Hunt, I would probably add him just to, just in case Kareem Hunt gets hurt. Um, Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson, I think this is going to be a committee. But I think that, I don't know about against New Orleans, but the Chargers schedule is pretty easy moving forward. And I think that these are guys, because they're, when, when they're in games where they want, where they're going to be like favored to win, there's not a lot of games this year with their with the, how banged up their defense is, but they're going to want to play through that defense, ground and pound. Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson might be viable options. Definitely should not be on your waivers in any leagues with the volume they're going to get. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I don't know if Kenyon Drake's going to miss time right now. We haven't gotten any, any reports. It's 10.50 a.m. on Monday. But I think you need to look to pick up Chase Edmonds if you don't already have him. He's not available in many leagues because he's the, one of the best handcuffs in the league. But yeah. he just looks as good, if not better, than Kenyon Drake right now. Especially in the passing game, the receiving game. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury is the type of coach who's like, you know, I kind of want to play the more talented guy, and if that's Chase Edmonds in his eyes, then it's Chase Edmonds, and you're going to have to pivot with him. Um, just some wide receivers. I don't know if you're picking any of these guys up, but just some uh, waiver receivers that had good games. Tim Patrick, 6 for one thirteen and one With all the injuries to the Broncos receiving court, he might be an ad. I don't know if you can start him right away. Maybe wait till Drew Locke comes back. Scotty Miller, 5 for 83-1. and one. This is a guy who I was... I thought he was a good player. He had one bad week when Godwin was out, and he dropped a touchdown in that week. If he catches that touchdown, he's had four playable weeks. Yeah, I think this is a guy who you can start in a lot of lineups. With Godwin set to miss another game, I don't know if you want to start him against Chicago because that's probably not going to be a high-scoring game. Quick turnaround on Thursday. But O.J. Howard and Chris Godwin are gonna are not going to play. So Tom Brady might be looking to Scotty Miller, who's his favorite target, it looks like, on this team. Yeah. Um, Traquan Smith, four catches, two of them were touchdowns. They were really nice catches as well. Um, we keep expecting Michael Thomas to come back, but if Mike, Michael Thomas misses any more time, Traquan Smith is kind of a must-start. He's, yeah, he's been way better than Manuel Sanders. Um, coming into the season, we're like, oh, this Saints offense is like last year's offense, but now it's better because you add Emmanuel Sanders. Well, he's not even really involved at all. It's been Traquan Smith who's taken the big leap forward. And he's kind of been what we expected Emmanuel Sanders to be. So as long as Thomas is out, Smith is a pretty solid starter. Um, but once Thomas is back, I just I'd wait and see what his role is going to be. Lavisca Chenault, uh, we've talked about him a little bit. We thought he would have a better game in Week Four on Thursday night because Shark was out. But this was the game where he was kind of establishing himself. He was five for thirty-three. Like. You're not really happy with that. He had a he few rushing wrote, yards, too. Yeah, I think he had 29 rushing yards, too. I mean, he's just, um, they like getting the ball, but the volume just isn't where you need it to be at this point. Yeah, I think he should be an ad. Like, he's five, he was 5 for 83 last week, and this Jaguars defense, they play Houston next week. Chark and Robinson are must-starts. But if you need, a like, a flyer option, I don't think Chenault's the worst you can do. Hey, start your running backs against Houston. LaVisca's kind of a running back. <laughs> um, T. Higgins T. Higgins 4 for 77 
it, we talked that it wasn't just the two touchdowns. He's getting targets. This is a guy, they play Baltimore next week, and Baltimore's, they've been giving up a decent amount of production to the receiving options. Terry McLaurin last week, or this week, uh, Tyreek Hill last week. T. Higgins isn't the worst option. A.J. Green might miss some time, and he looks like he is a pretty good look for Joe Burrow. It looks like this target share is consolidated between Boyd and Higgins. So I wouldn't be that that mad about playing T. Higgins with a lot of bye weeks coming up for receivers. Yeah, for sure. Is there any other um, players you want to talk about adding? Um, not really. I mean, uh, this Niners backfield, very murky. Um but it looks like some of the guys are going to start coming back, so you're probably not going to be able to play McKinnon anymore. Um, and you're definitely dropping guys like Jeff Wilson. But besides that backfield, we kind of know where every backfield stands, and there really aren't that many high-priority waiver ads for this week. So Raheem Mostert does, is set to return in Week 5. We talked about the hot hand. Do you think he just gets immediately back to that 13 to 15 carry touch, the carry mark that he was at um, through the first two weeks? It's possible. I'd rather not start him if I can avoid it, but... I mean, they play Miami. Yeah. At home. Maybe you do start him then. I don't know. I think you're forced to start him. Yeah. I I think you're forced to start Jarek McKinnon too. Um, Well, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our two new segments, and we'll be back on Thursday. Bye.